Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. We're still getting people gathered in. So I'm, I'm the warm-up act as we're waiting for people to gather in. We had a wonderful time last week in ministry to the, the people in South Carolina. Oh, thank you very much. All right. We want to welcome everyone here today. It's, it's, it's a special day, is it not? It's Father's Day. And uh, as Father's Day, we have a tradition here that many of our men look forward to. Dad's root beer for Father's Day. And after the altar service today, after the end of the service, you can go out, every guy, 18 and over, you say, but I, I don't have any kids, uh, that, that's, that's no big deal. We're to be also spiritual fathers. Uh, I, w I witnessed some of the, some great spiritual fatherhood on the, the youth tri missions trip this past week. J.R. was helping lead and, and Josh uh, they don't have any kids, and, and I was talking to them today, and they're, they're thinking about never having any kids after go, you know, that, you know, never again. But they were showing spiritual oversight to the, the youth, and I praise God for that. So every man, 18 and over, after the service this morning, go out to the south lobby, and we have an ice cold. 33.8 fluid ounces of dad's root beer. There's regular, there's diet for those of us who are svelte, and there's cream soda as well. But a uh, round of applause for all the dads today. In just a few moments, in just a few moments, we're going to have a, a, a video about Father's Day but I need to make a couple upfront announcements. First of all, I need for you to be aware that we had a phenomenal day yesterday of ministering to our community through the food ministry. Uh, I want to thank everyone who worked at that. I want to thank Annette Burner for heading it up while I was in, in South Carolina and got it all ordered up for us and those who helped box everything up. We had another... Uh, almost sellout day of people coming through and being blessed with food. We praise God. Amen. We do have a few leftover items uh, that you can uh, be a blessing to yourself and to your neighbors with. After the altar service, uh, the ladies can go on out and the guys go get their root beer. Then you go out, but quickly go out and we have some uh, leftover items. Uh, not a lot, but some. And uh, I think there's onions and uh, peppers and uh, sweet potatoes and some other stuff out there. And you can be a blessing to yourself. You say, I don't need any. Maybe you have a neighbor that does. But a round of applause for all those who helped Friday and Saturday making it a success. The young people are going to come in just a few moments, and I just wanted to uh, thank each one, all the youth sponsors who went on the trip, 
uh, they, they let this old guy go along with them, and uh, they put up with me. Some of you saw the photos uh, where they carried me back one day. I, you know, I, uh, I was all right. But uh, they worked hard. Uh, they learned servanthood ministry. We were going down there, and every morning we had to set up and then after the services, take it all down again every day, all week long. And ministering to children that were on the campgrounds from all over the country. And high energy, you're going to see some of the high energy worship that was going on today. How many of you have ever wished that you could be young again? Anybody? How about you'd like your knees to be young again? Okay. Okay, yeah, I got a witness on that one. Uh, so you have an opportunity today to join in as they're going to lead us in some worship that we did with the kids down there. And there's motions, and you say, well, I'm not up to that. Well, stand up anyway and, and uh, join in, sing out. Uh, the words will be on the screen and everything. But I, wanna, I want to up front share my, how impressed I was with First of all, I want to thank Pastor Carissa for the fantastic job putting it all together. I was speaking to the ministry leader of this impact ministry, and he said this was one of the most well-prepared ministry groups they'd ever had. And that's, they, they do this all the time. And I, huh? It was a long day. It's it a long day. And, and, and uh, we had gone up. We had gone up and down the sides of King's, whatever that is, high, highway, and hit every hotel and many businesses. And the kids went in, not the adults, the kids went in and asked. They gave them a blessing of some fresh-baked cookies, which were still warm, as I recall because of the heat factor but they offered prayer and people were breaking down and crying as the kids were praying for them over the needs that they had oh it was just it was just cool i want to give a shout out to jr would you stand up about 16 years ago i came here to preach a, a service came here to preach a service uh, and then was ultimately elected as pastor here. And one of the first people I met was J.R. and Josh. I met J.R. and they were just little tykes, snotty-nosed little, well, they still, <laughs> never mind. But I would, they would come up and I would grab them by the side of the, the, the head and they would put their hands here and I would lift them up. They thought that was the coolest thing. I don't do it anymore. But J.R. has a call of God on his life, and I was impressed with the leadership he showed under Pastor Carissa of ministering to our, and our kids that were there. I was watching from the shoreline as they were out in the ocean, and all those kids out there with the waves, and they kept them all, all exactly where they needed to be and safe. Round of applause for J.R. 
And so I'm going to get out of the way and let them show you how to do some worship in a kid's kind of way. The kids loved it, and I want you to give it a shot. Oh, by the way, they were Superhero Academy this week is the reason for the capes. Let the rock sing it loud, but that ain't worth a 
churches been clapping at weak sermons Leaving the weak hurt, no one's changed by Sunday service We need discernment, check what you be affirming Cause the church can be full of members, but empty in conversions
Good morning, everyone. You can sit down. We had an amazing week touching the lives of many kids. Just give me a minute. to take this. <laughs> if you guys get a chance today, ask Pastor about his shrimp experience this week. I'm sure he has a lot of good things to say. We had an amazing seafood buffet on Wednesday. And I don't know about any of them, but for me and Pastor, it's filled my dreams for the last few nights. All right, I'm ready. Where, oh, there's Papa and Mark. Um, if you would make your way to the front, please. If we have any guests with us today, we want to thank you for joining us here at Trinity. And I promise. No, I got this. And I promise it's not always this crazy, but we do like to have a lot of fun. So, yes, please, help me out. So if you're our guest with us here today at Trinity, just go ahead and slip up your hand, and this fine gentleman will be giving you a contact card and just fill it out, put it in one of our offering plates. <laughs> that way you can keep, keep in touch with what's going on here at the church. Can we get a round of applause for any of our guests today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. All right, it's real important that you guys listen to this next little bit. I saw y'all moving for that second song, and that was amazing. We have a lot more, though. And so, as you can tell, I need to start working out. So I can't do all these alone. And we've been doing them all week, so we're a little little worn out as well. I need everybody else to please stand with me. And as we continue, I need you guys. Just kidding. We have a video. So sit down and then stand with me after.
All right, now we can stand, and I need everybody to participate with us, because this place, we need to get it up. We need to get loud in here. We need to get it jumping. I need everybody to be on their feet and start dancing.
gave us worth. God sent his son to live here on the earth. He healed the sick. He made blind men see. He let the
God is big, big, big. His love is wide, wide, wide. And in my heart, 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 He lives inside, side, side. My God is big, big, big. His love is wide, wide, wide. And in my heart, 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 He lives inside, side, side. about the same temperature up here as it was down there. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of the uh, great memories that I had, besides that amazing seafood smorgasbord, Krabby Mike's, but uh, when we got to the seafood restaurant, there was about an hour wait. And, uh, you know, kids usually just kind of roam around and do other stuff. Not our kids, no. They had a karaoke person there. Our kids immediately went up. Caleb went up and uh, 
He sang a duet with the karaoke person. And then, well, he had ulterior motives. He wanted her address, too, but I, <laughs> we discouraged that. Oh, <laughs> the number was secured. Okay, mission accomplished. But then Abby and Emmy sang a duet in front of that whole crowd that was out there. Then the entire team got up and did the church clap uh, dance. They, they put it on the, and people were joining in. So wherever they went, they were ministering. Whether it was the nursing home, the retirement center, they were going around and singing and praying with the residents. Uh, it was just exciting to see the kids come alive, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, praise God. Yeah, praise God. Praise God. And they let an old man go. So, that, that's, that's a good thing. Praise God. Would you stand with me for the reading of God's word today? Just briefly, I know you're all warmed up from singing and dancing and all. I just got one verse for you. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Father God, bless your word to our understanding today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Please be seated, but please keep your Bibles open there to Romans chapter 1. We're going to be talking in a few moments about the statement that Paul makes, I am not ashamed. But I cannot pass this opportunity to say we live in a society today that needs to be ashamed. We'll talk about Paul not being ashamed of the gospel. That's a good thing. The prophet Jeremiah wrote these words in Jeremiah chapter 8. And I lost it there for a moment. Come back to me. Come back to me. <laughs> That's why I don't use these things. Okay, here we are. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse 12. Were they ashamed... When they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall in the time of their punishment. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. We live in a time when people have forgot what it means to be ashamed of doing those things that are shameful. Pastor Jamie made me aware of a post that was there. At first it looked like a, a beautifully decorated birthday cake. It seems that a person was having a birthday party, well actually a party, 
and they had a well-decorated cake. And the cake read this way. Congratulations, it's an abortion. They were having a party to celebrate the taking of an unborn life. No shame. No shame. Our society has forgot the meaning of it. They're proud of what they ought to be ashamed of. You saw the news, did you not? A newborn with the umbilical cord still attached, cast into a dumpster, was heard crying, but died. No shame. As the prophet said, they don't even know how to blush anymore. People arrogantly proclaiming their pride in that which God says is sinful and an abomination. We need to pray and intercede for our world, folks. They've forgotten how to blush. The Lord says because of this, I'm just going to let them do what they want to do. They've heard, they know. Could you join with me in praying for our world right now that has ceased to be ashamed of sin, but rather is proud of it? Would you pray with me before we preach today's message? Father God, I can only imagine what it does to your heart to see things such as we've mentioned. And you see more than this. You see the hearts of those who have turned cold to the reality of their need of a Savior, to the depravity, the degeneration that is going on before our very eyes. They call evil good and they call good evil. They perverted things that were once thought good and changed them into a symbol of arrogant, prideful sin. We pray for our country. We pray for our land. We pray for the people. We pray for an awakening that our generation may once again learn how to blush at the presence of sin and immorality. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. There are things that we should be ashamed of, but we're not talking about that right now. The Bible talks here from Paul's words, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want you to look at the context of that statement. He's writing to who? Thank you, the Romans. One person got it. It was, it was an easy test. I had to turn there. You know, it's just, you know, giving you a little softball question. Who was he writing to? The Romans. In Rome, it was a felony offense to do righteous deeds. The Christian church was being thrown in jail because they rescued infants that had been cast 
on a dump heap to die. But Christians went out and tried to save them. You see, they were allowed to just let them die like in a dumpster. But a Christian could be sentenced to a felony count and spend time in prison for doing the right thing. It was a time when they were hiding in catacombs for fear of persecution of their faith. They didn't stop meeting. They didn't stop praying. They had to develop secret signs because if they found you were a Christian following Christ at certain periods of history, they, that was an actionable offense. The Romans had gotten to the place later on where they would take Christians and dip them in oil and light them aflame to light their garden parties where they celebrated to the wine god Bacchus. And the laughter overwhelmed the screams of the dying Christians. This is the context of the church at Rome. They're under persecution. They're under the rage of satanic leadership that wants to wipe out this, this idea that we're sinners and we need a Savior. To be a follower of Jesus Christ in those days was something that should be hidden if you were going to stay safe. As I mentioned, they would make secret signs. One of the symbols was the symbol of a fish. A simple drawing. One line this way. If you saw it in the sand and you walked up and you completed it to make the bottom sign of the fish, they knew you were a believer. Because the word for fish in the Greek is ichthus. And they used it in the Greek letters to mean Jesus Christ, Savior, Son of God. The ichthus symbol. They were hiding, but not ashamed. Not Paul. Since he met Jesus on the Damascus Road, he didn't care where it was, who it was, when it was, what the situation was. He was a proclaimer of Jesus Christ. He would speak up in the marketplace and they'd beat him to a pulp and throw him in jail. But that didn't stop Paul. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He went everywhere preaching the good news of Jesus Christ, teaching Jesus as Messiah. He would go into a city, he would go to a Jewish synagogue, and he would use the very Torah scrolls that they revered to teach about the fact that in the beginning was a God and Jesus was there at the creation and Jesus is the forepromised Messiah. And they would try to stone him and they did on one occasion. They took him outside the city wall. They put him in a low pit. They stoned him and left him for dead. They weren't, they weren't going to leave him there if they thought there was an ounce of life. But when the brethren gathered around Paul, bloodied, and wounded, dead, he raised up by the power of God as they prayed. And you know what he did? He didn't go into hiding. He went on to the next town and said, let's see, where did I finish that last message? Let me start it up again. And he preached Christ to them. He preached 
following Jesus Christ. Throw him in jail, he'll sing at the midnight hour until the, the jail is rocked by the praises that go up to God. Toss him in a prison ship. The ship can go down, but when Paul said, I stood here tonight and stood by me an angel of the Lord whose I am and whom I serve, and he's promised me if you'll stay on this boat, he's going to deliver you into my hands and safety. Stay the course. He preached to those who were in a shipwreck waiting to happen, but not a one of them was lost. He was not ashamed of this gospel. He didn't try to hide it. People say, well, he, he would have lived longer if he would have hidden it. Not Paul. I am not ashamed. As everyone is panicking, he's proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. He's in a prison cell. What's he do? He witnesses to the guy that's sitting next to him in chains. He had a, what we used to call in prison ministry, a captive audience. Inside prison joke. But the guy that's sitting next to him, you know the story. He said, where are you from? He said, well, Colossian, Colossae. Oh, I know somebody from Colossae. You happen to know? Yeah, he was my master. Oh, really? What'd you do? He says, I robbed and I ran away. I got caught robbing somebody else. Here I am in a Roman jail. And Paul says, while we got some time, let me tell you about Jesus. And right there, rather than being ashamed of the gospel that got him into that prison, he witnessed to, Utica, he witnessed to this person, he witnessed to Onesimus, and he told him about Jesus, and right there he couldn't kneel because he was in chain, but he was set free on the inside by the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. And though the chains were still there for a season, his spirit was let free. And when he got loosed from the prison, he went back and Paul said, let me give you a little note and tell your master, you're a brother in Christ Jesus today, the sun sets free, and you're free indeed. He wasn't ashamed. He kept preaching. The Roman believers had every reason to shrink back from the gospel of Jesus Christ, a punishable offense. And yet Paul is telling them, I am not ashamed of this gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek or the Gentile. When I think of the word ashamed, <laughs> don't take this the wrong way, Dad. Uh, he's up in heaven, but I think of my dad. My dad trained our dog. We had a dog, and the dog's name, we, we weren't creative with our names. I know people have great creative names. Wags. Wags the dog. Now, Wags was just some dog we got through the, uh, the kennel, and, and uh, it wasn't a purebred. It was a, we called him a Heinz 57. A little bit of everything. 
But boy, did Wags, when Wags wagged his tail, he just shook all over. It, you know, it, it wasn't a, a tail wag, it was a body wag. Well, my dad took it as his, he wasn't real good about teaching us things. Uh, we just were afraid of him. But he taught the dog tricks. And he taught Wags, Wags, shake. And Wags would sit back and lift a paw and reach out to you like this. Oh, say, come on, say, oh. He would say, sit up, and he would sit up. Shake hands. Play dead. He'd drop over. Oh. Roll over. He could roll over. Wags could do all those things. But I don't know how my dad did this one. Just the sound of his voice. My dad would say, Wags, and Wags would look ashamed. And that dog would drop down. <laughs> Just look up like that. All of us kids did too, but no. <clears throat> look ashamed. Every time I hear that word ashamed, I think of it. And as I mentioned before, our generation today doesn't know what shame looks like or being ashamed. But the Bible has some things that we shouldn't be ashamed of. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is one. The gospel of Jesus Christ proclaims. We see the word ashamed mentioned several times in the scripture, the one that I read earlier in Jeremiah chapter 8 about the people and abominations they'd embraced and there was no shame or blush in their cheeks. But in 2 Samuel chapter 19, we, we read the story. Those who have just gone through the uh, books of 1 and 2 Samuel with us on, on the Wednesday evening class, we just finished that up a few weeks ago. There was a point in time where David was grieving over the loss of his son. His son who tried to steal the kingdom away from him and tried to kill him. And, but he, he was mournful over Absalom. And he was in this funk where he was just mourning and grieving all the time. And the soldiers under him, the scripture says, they didn't come into the city after a victory with their heads held high. They came slinking in ashamed because the king was not who he should have been. He was not living as he should have been. Situations caused them shame and remorse. Warriors slinking into the city, not shouting loud, uh, no loud pro proclamations, no parades, drawing no attention to the victory in the battle. We're not to act as if we've not won a victory in Christ Jesus. I see far too many Christians that are slinking around today as if we lose or we've lost. Folks, we have not lost anything except our sin. It's been washed away by the blood of the Lamb. But society is, is taking stands against us. Yeah. And, and your point would be, <laughs> we're not warriors that need to slink into the city and and, and just keep it on the low. 
Our Savior is someone to be lifted up and exalted, that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Years ago, I was, I was asked to uh, lead in prayer at a particular city event, and uh, they gave me a list of that which I was not allowed to say in my prayer. You, you cannot use the name of Jesus. That would be offensive to this group. And, and you can't, uh, you, you need to keep it kind of nebulous uh, because there, there'll be people there that are Allah worshipers and, and other different factions and you can't mention sin and you can't, you, you, none of that. You can't mention, I said, well, then I'm not your guy. I'm not your guy. What do you mean? You're the only pastor that we, we, we contacted about this. I said, well, I'm not your guy. I says, I'm going to talk to my heavenly father and I don't care who hears it. I'm going to talk to my heavenly father and I'm going to talk to him the way Jesus told me. He says, you ask anything in my name and I will do it that the father is glorified in the son. And the leader of the group says, well, this, this was the list we were handed down. I says, well, I'm going to pray from my heart. He says, well, could you submit it? For approval, I says, oh, no, there's only one person that gets to approve or reject my prayers, and he's the one I'm praying to, and you're not it. <laughs> they said, oh, just, just go ahead and pray the way you want to. And I did. And I lifted up the name of Jesus. This is not the time, child of God, to walk slinkingly around as if the devil has won. Is the devil winning some victories? Oh, yes. We look at society and the, the, the track and the, the tendencies of this world and of our communities and whatever. We find that Satan is chalking up huge victories, but that doesn't mean he wins in the end. I have read the back of the book. I've read the book from cover to cover, and Satan came in in chapter, chapter 1, 2, and 3, and he's going to exit in the last chapters of Revelation, but he's not the winner. He's not the victor. He's not the one that's going to be praised. He's going to be crying out from the depths of a lake of fire. You are the Christ. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ. I am not ashamed to proclaim my Jesus. We're not to act as if we've lost and I, I see some Christians. You know what it takes, though? If you'll stand up and boldly, unashamedly proclaim who Jesus is by your life, your witness, it will prompt somebody else that's kind of on the fence to feel like, well, I'm just going to stand a little closer to them. And you can build a fortress of faith by standing up. It may sound like your voice is all alone. But when you stand up, others can be drawn to it. I was reflecting the other day. 
I have a great memory of things that happened 50, 60 years ago, okay? How many of you know what I'm saying? You remember things that way past. Yesterday, not so much. I don't know why this crossed my mind, but I was thinking back to 11th grade uh, English literature class with Mrs. Houston. And they were having us read a book that was questionable. And I was a Christian. I went to church every week, actually several times a week. And, but I kept my mouth shut. There was one girl, Sheila. Sheila stood up and said, Mrs. Houston, my mom has read that book and said that it contains bad words and, and immorality and things like that, and I'm not allowed to read that book because I'm a Christian. And that gave me courage. And I said, I'm a Christian too. Three seconds before that, I was afraid of my own shadow. But Sheila stood up. And she wasn't a loud person, but Sheila, I think her last name was Rohrenbach. I, I can't, but Sheila stood up and I was prompted to stand with her. And there were several others in the class that raised their hands and said, I'm a Christian too. I don't want to read that book. I'm a, give us another book to read. And the class was assigned another book because of one girl, one little 11th grade girl who stood up. If you'll be bold enough to stand and not be ashamed of Jesus Christ, you might be surprised at work and at your neighborhood or wherever that others might have some, some faith rise up in them when you rise up in faith. We find other places where it says that people were ashamed. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesimus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Back to that story of the, of the slave that escaped. Not only were some people ashamed to lift up the name of the Lord and are still ashamed today, but some, when bad things are happening to Christians, they want to shy away from them. And in that day, Paul spent a lot of his time in prison getting beaten up and chained up and stoned and everything else. And some of the people, religious leaders, says, well, that's just, that's just not, not good. We can't. And they backed away and they were ashamed of what Paul was going through. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation to everyone who believes. When her brother or sister is going through some tough times, watch your attitude. They may be going through some persecution times. You draw closer, not be ashamed of what they're going through. We also read that Jesus talked about being ashamed in Luke chapter 9. 
Then he said to them all, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his own soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, whoa, and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We cannot be ashamed of his words. There's a, there's a fear that's going around that affects Christians primarily, a fear that you'll be con contrived as a, as a narrow-minded, bigoted person if you stand for biblical principles. Uh-oh, my, my bad, my bad. He's going to be preaching in a couple weeks, and uh, we're looking forward to it. But folks, if we're afraid of his words, we're afraid of the living word. It's not the time to back away. We have a generation that does not blush at sin. It's prideful of it. It's time for us to side with the Holy Spirit and with Paul and not be ashamed of these things. There's several other places, but I don't have time to go to them today. Paul is simply staying, stating, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He had every reason to be. People were telling him to be quiet and to get along, but he just couldn't get along. Daniel just couldn't get along, could he? We sang about it earlier. How that there was a law out that you couldn't pray to anybody but the king for a certain amount of days, and he says, yeah, I read it. I reject it. And I'm going to call out to my God just like I did every other day. And he threw open the windows. He didn't pray in secret. And he let it fly. And the word got back and he was thrown into a den of lions. But God was with him. He was not ashamed to pray. He was not ashamed to take a stand. He was not ashamed. He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ. Now we use that, that terminology uh, in a wide variety of ways. The word there means good news or evangelon is the Greek word. And uh, we, we term them the four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, the four gospels for proclaiming the story of Jesus and his life, his birth, his life, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection. That's the good news. That's the, the gospel. But the Holy Spirit used that word out of the, the Roman context of it. You see, that was not a word that, that was a, for the church, so to speak. It was a word taken out of the vocabulary of the Romans. The evangelon 
was the proclamation of good news from the battlefront. Good news. And boy, the Romans had a lot of good news. Uh, I just tell you, they conquered everybody that could be conquered in their day. Uh, on a good day, they'd go out and conquer four or five of them. They'd surround a city. They would, they would bring it to its knees. They would crucify anybody who stood in their way, and the, everybody fell to Rome. It was just a matter of time. Well, all the way back in Rome, and in other outstations of the Roman Empire, people would gather at the gates of the city to hear the Evangelon, news from the front, news from the battle. And these reports from the battlefront would be used for several reasons. To let people know how their sons and sons were out there fighting and winning victories, how that Rome was still successful, how that everyone fell before Rome. It was also a recruitment technique to tell people how good it was going on the front, on the battlefront. So in every village, someone would come, a trumpet would be sounded. The news is here. The evangelon is here. The evangelist is the one who was bringing the good news. The evangelon is here, and people would gather. They would hear the trumpet. They would assemble at the gates of the city. And then they would give a loud report to the cheers of the people of the victories that had been won by the Roman armies. The Roman legions were feared across the realm. And they would bring them back reports of, of the exploits of the Roman legions and how the people had stood in their way, and they crushed every foe. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he knew Hebrew, he knew Greek, he knew Aramaic, and he picked a word out. The Holy Spirit guided him to pick a word out that was common to the Romans. Who's he writing this thing to again? This would be so familiar to everybody in Rome. The evangelon, the good news, and he's taking it as a word that we have taken as our own in Christianity, the gospel, the good news, the evangelion. Break out the trumpets, church, amen? Break out the trumpets. There's victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story, how the Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, his precious blood atoning, and now I've got the victory, all oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Shout it loud. Sound the trumpets. It's the good news. It's the gospel. It's good news from the front. Somebody got saved. Had some really touching moments working with the kids. I was teaching the Bible lessons, and uh, one day we were talking about faith and the mustard seed of faith. And I gave every one of the kids a little itty-bitty tiny mustard seed, and they were supposed to hold it through the whole lesson in their hand like this and we sang a little song about faith we told them about faith and what it was and gave biblical examples went a little bit 
with a little bit, with a little bit of faith, we'll make it through. With a little bit, with a little bit, with a little bit of faith, we'll make it through. And, and, and I told him, I said, you know, hold on to that. I says, it's real tiny. You may misplace it. And if you misplace it, you come up to me tomorrow and I'll give you another mustard seed. And then two days later, two days later, a little girl, McKinley, came up to me. I lost my faith. I says, no, honey, I think you got it. I gave her another mustard seed, and I said, you may lose this, but don't ever lose that faith you have in Jesus Christ. <laughs> Folks, as Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote to the Roman people who were accustomed to gathering at the gates of their cities, to hear the trumpet sound and the proclamations of the good news from the battlefront. We need to proclaim that there is good news in Jesus Christ. Souls that have been bound in sin are being set free. Lives that were addicted are being loosed by the power of Jesus Christ. Souls that were confused about their identity are finding their true identity in Jesus Christ. Sound the trumpets. Don't be ashamed. Don't hide this good news. They did not slink into the cities and say, well, we had a decent day out at the battlefront. Oh, no. They sounded the trumpets, and it was a means of recruitment, wasn't it, as well? Folks, you sounding the victories of Jesus Christ can cause others to say, I want to be a part of God's army. I want to be a part of the victory. I am not ashamed of the gospel, evangelon, good news of Jesus Christ. Boy, what's the good news? What is that good news from the front? that Jesus Christ came to this world for one main purpose. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Has he found you? Have you found him as your Lord and Savior? If you have not, if you have not, I've got good news today. You can find him as your Savior, as your Lord. You may be watching us by live stream. I've got great news. He'll travel right where you are, right this very instant. You call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved, your sins washed away, your name written in the Lamb's book of life, a reservation in heaven when Jesus calls you home or whether you go up in the rapture of the church. You're, there's something to shout about. There's something to sound the trumpets about. There's good news. He's able to touch your life and to guide you. He's able to give you the Holy Spirit to empower you. There's good news. Sound the trumpets. I know a God who's able to heal and, and to sustain and to help us. I know a God who's able to provide. And as we share our testimonies 
of how God has helped us. It can be a recruitment to those who need a Savior, those who need a helper. Our first night at the, at the center there, the Impact Ministry Center, people were going around and sharing things that about their lives. And one of the guys from another church from, from London, Kentucky, lifted his hand and says, I was addicted to drugs and Jesus set me free. Woo! Sound the trumpets. It's the good news. Paul said to the Roman believers and to everyone else and to us here today, I am not ashamed. I do not shrink back from. I do not hide out. I do not keep a low profile to keep peace amongst my co-workers. I sound the trumpet wherever I go. It may be a prison cell. It may be in a court of law. It may be at the place where you work. It may be in the, in the Walmart walkthrough where you are the head check, checkout person. Have any of you gotten any retirement benefits from Walmart since you've worked as a, as a checkout person there on the self-checkout line? I didn't even get invited to last year's uh, party. Good news. Jesus sets the captive free. And perhaps as you are unashamedly proclaiming Jesus, it will prompt someone else to stand along with you. It says, I am not ashamed of the gospel evangelon, good news proclamation of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God. This is not your power. It's not my power. It's not influence. It is the power of God. As we share the good news, God takes over with power. You can't save anybody and neither can I. You cannot heal anybody and neither can I. I've heard people say, well, if, you've, if you're a Christian and you've got the Lord uses you to heal people, just go in the hospitals and clear them out. I don't heal anybody. But I know somebody who does. I know somebody who can. It is the power of God. This good news is not your power. It's the power of God unto salvation. As the jailer cried out to Paul and Silas, what must I do to be saved? They didn't give them a long list. Well, you need to do this and this and this and this and this. Stop doing that and do this and do it. No. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's the power of God unto salvation. For who? It says to everyone. Everyone who believes. Everyone who will take that mustard seed of faith and invest it in God. The Bible says that everyone is given the measure of faith. Each of you has enough faith within you, gifted by God. The devil cannot remove it from you. Every one of us has enough faith 
to reach out and be taken from spiritual death to spiritual life through the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. Like I had the kids do, pinch it like you got a little mustard seed there. Would you do that with me, please? This is not hard. Some of you, it might be hard because you got arthritis, but try it. And then I want you to just take a couple moments and look at it. That mustard seed of faith. Jesus said you have a faith even as small as a grain of mustard seed. You can say to that mountain, be gone. Well, I don't need any mountains moved personally. But I've got some mountainous problems and situations. And there's enough faith that God has gifted me and you to reach out and change your eternity. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And, and it, then it's, people say, well, why does it put that last part in there? Why does Paul put that last part in there? For the Jew first and also for the Greek or for the, some translations put it the he, that those who are not Jews the best news of all is, yes, it started off with God's special people. And he's given them a Messiah. But now it's up for everybody. Every one of us can receive the power of God unto salvation. And we can stand up and sound the trumpets and proclaim loudly, loudly that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. Paul said to the Romans, you can imprison me, you can stone me, you can beat me with rods, you can lash me with whips, you can chain me on a ship that's going down, you can stone me and leave me for dead, you can mock me, you can ridicule me, but I am not shutting up. I am going to sound the trumpets. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's the Savior. And he can be your Savior too. Father God, today, as we're talking about not being ashamed of the evangel and good news of Jesus Christ, Father, first of all, if there's anyone here, anyone watching, that does not know you as their Savior and their Lord today. Maybe it's out of fear for what others will say. Maybe it's they've, they feel that they've done too much wrong. They've gone too far the wrong way. Father, let them know that it is the power, your power, to save them. It's not about their past. It's not about their predicament. It's about your power. And you can save them today if they'll just call out with that little grain of faith. And Father God, I also pray for believers that have gone into silent mode. They're in the witness protection program. They don't want to let their identity with you be known. They're ashamed of the gospel. They're ashamed to proclaim it. Father God, I pray that you would infuse them 
with the Holy Ghost gospel of Jesus Christ to be like a trumpet on the, at the gates of the city proclaiming there's victory in Jesus. They feel badly because they're denying you before men because they know you said that you'll deny them in the future. Father, put some fire in the belly of your church today that we would rise up and be proclaimers of the gospel, good news of Jesus Christ. And Father, likewise, I pray that as we stand up and take our place proclaiming your victories, that you will touch the hearts of others on the fringe that will raise their hand too and say, yes, I, 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 I too am a Christian. I, 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 I was afraid, but now I'm not. Father, in this world that has ceased to be shamed by sin, let the church not be ashamed for the solution for the sins of the whole world through Jesus Christ. I ask it in his name. Amen. Amen. As a song of invitation is played, would you stand with me, please? Before we do anything else, I want to pray also for all the children we ministered to on the missions trip. We may never see them again this side of eternity, but I'm believing on seeing them again. Amen. But you know something else that, that I was noticing as we were worshiping, I was looking around and I had the, the puppet out the other day, uh, Judah the Lion, and I noticed we were encompassed by parents and grandparents and people that didn't have anybody in the, the program. They were listening in and watching. I'm praying for seed that was sown to come alive and for salvations to be born out. People that you could tell they were mouthing the words to some of the songs they'd heard before and maybe they drifted away. Maybe they could just drift on back to Jesus. This altar is open today. You want to freshly rededicate your life to not be ashamed. You've been walking in the shadows. It's time to step out into the daylight today. Amen. You need a, a fresh burst of faith today. Why don't you come and pray today? You say, I, I'm tired of just hiding my faith. I want to proclaim my faith with Jesus Christ's help. He'll do that. Heavenly Father, right now, we open up this place of prayer, a time to allow you to draw us closer to your great love and your forgiveness. For those who have become ashamed to proclaim Jesus Christ, Father, give us holy boldness today as we gather at this place of prayer. For those that are sick in body, give us that boldness to step out and say, I'm going to believe for the healing that Jesus has to offer. For those that have unsaved loved ones, I'm going to believe for their salvation. I'm going to step out and proclaim Jesus to them one more time. I pray, Father, that we would be able to say, along with Paul, 
I am not ashamed of the good news gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Father, meet people at this altar of prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you come and bring to this place of prayer loved ones you're praying for, unsaved loved ones, situations that you have no clue of how to handle. Could you bring it to Jesus today? Situations, family situations are the worst, are they not? And you've got some issues that you need to bring to Jesus who can guide you through the situations that you're going through, the circumstances and the problems and the perils. Maybe you have a need. Bring it to Jesus today. Let the brethren pray with you as well. And believe God for the meeting of that need in the house today. We have some coming forward. If you need a healing touch, just lift your hand. The brethren will come and pray with you as well. Because Jesus is able. That's part of the trumpet good news at the gates of the city. He's able to heal as well. As you go today, don't go until you've prayed for somebody. Don't go until you've shared the joy of Jesus with somebody. God bless you.